0: Well, after all these years of waiting, tomorrow is the day when the Qatar World Cup finally gets underway. Across the world, families and communities will gather to watch their nation or favourite team compete. In West Ryde, in Sydney's northwest, the community there is hosting its own football tournament, the Street Football World Cup Tournament, which kicks off tomorrow, an opportunity to celebrate different cultures and languages through participation in the World Game. Now, one person who understands all too well the power of football to bring people together is Sia Karimi, who arrived in Australia as a refugee from Afghanistan as a child in the 1990s. He joins me now to share some of his personal story of how the game helped him find his place. Welcome to Saturday Extra, Sia. Uh,
1: Good morning. Thank you for having me on.
0: It's lovely to have you on. Now, you lived your very early years as a child in Kabul, What are your memories of watching football at that time?
1: Um, It was a very traumatic time in Kabul because of the Civil War. But having the football come on, it used to bring the nation to stop. So the guns used to come down and TVs used to, you know, go on the black and white TVs at them days and um, everybody's to, you know, try to watch a game and then as soon as the game would finish and then the war, unfortunately, and the civil conflict would start again. So from my very early memories, you know, football was such a powerful tool, you know, and most Afghans in Afghanistan are very passionate football supporters of the, you know, beautiful game.
0: And um, this was in your own, you'd, you'd have a collective TV or was it one on your own home?
1: Um, no, so this was one in our own home, and uh, my duties sometimes used to be trying to hold up the TV antenna to get the right reception, <laughs> <laughs> so my uncles would say, okay, stop there, hold it up there, and then, you know, I would be sort of standing up, here you know, with my hand raised up in the air and watching the game. But sometimes they would say, do you stop, don't move, don't move, they're about to score a goal, you yeah, know, so.
0: Now, those One happy uh, times, earliest, disa- yes. they disappeared, of course, when, as you say, the Civil War resumed, well, you know, under very much underway following the Soviet withdrawal and your family was forced to leave in 1990 to find protection in a refugee camp in Pakistan and you had yes. to trek through the Hindu, the Kush mountains. That's um correct. That must have been a, you know, it, when you got there, let let alone the the the, the, the trek. What it was like when you got there?
1: Um, it was a very traumatic experience because as a child, you know, you used to you wake up in your house one day in your room. You've got everything, your family around you, your possessions, and then within the space of you know, like a blink of an eye, everything is gone. You know, and then you're in a foreign country in a refugee camp with absolutely nothing. And don't even know when your next meal is going to come, and you're waiting for the UN staff to you know ration out food. Um, So it's quite traumatic, you know. And then to also just lose, you know, some of the normal things that we take for granted. For example, which sport and football, you know. It was very traumatic.
0: And so you you managed to be sponsored as refugees and you were brought to Melbourne. Just two weeks after arriving there and just speaking a a couple of words of English, you start school. Now, you've got to just tell us, if you wouldn't mind quickly, the story of how you came to acquire your own football, a replica of the 1994 USA World Cup ball, no less.
1: Yes, um, one of my teachers, uh, God bless her, she passed away, Miss Liz Lawson. Um, she could see that I was struggling in class because I had, you know, two two words of English, pretty much yes and no that I knew. Um, but she had asked through really one of the other Afghan families, you know, that what's he uh, see his passion, you know, what does he enjoy, and they said that he likes football. So she asked permission from my dad to take me one day after school to a sports store in Clayton and say, you know what, I'm going to buy him a football. And when we went into this sports store, um, at first I was scared because I thought that I'd done something wrong when she wanted to speak to my dad and they said, you know, your teacher's going to take you somehow after school. And, you know, um, being a little kid, I, I was scared. I'm like, oh, my God, what have I done wrong? And then I remember when she took me to this sports store, it was like I was in heaven, you know, seeing all these World Cup, you know, uh, memorabilia and balls and jerseys and other sporting goods. And then she got the USA 94 World Cup ball and she said, this is yours now, do you want this one? You know, and then I couldn't believe it. So she, it was like she had given me the whole world, you know.
0: That was her own money, $180, and she yeah, bought this. $180, yes. yes lovely and story. Bought, and and, and the, the point is, I suppose, what I'm trying to get at is that sort of opened the world up for you in a whole range of ways. Within six months, you're speaking English fluently, um, and you really, it threw you into a world of competence, is what I hear. Yes. And, and football's remained this keen passion for you. Now you're coaching this team that's entered into the Street Football World Cup tournaments. Gorgeous story that's happening tomorrow. And this is a mixed under-10s called the Socceroo Lions.
1: Yes, and it's it's a mixed team and these boys... Just like myself when I was young there uh, the team composed of different um, nationalities and different backgrounds and it's again it just reiterated the point that my teacher when she gave that soccer ball to me as a gift that the power of this the world game and the beautiful game as Les Murray used to call it and to be able to get you know people from different backgrounds different faiths together on a field you know running. You know, together having a great time and, um, you know, participating and in in physical activity and then using football, you know, as a passion and as a common goal for everybody. So it's quite powerful. And the boys are very excited to be playing tomorrow. So they are (laughs) not, not boys and girls, not boys Um, and girls. Boys and girls. Oh, boys so and girls,
0: good, right. Boys and girls, And yes. you've actually designed the jersey, I understand.
1: Yes, I designed the jersey and I had to put in the green and gold for the mighty Socceroos. you know. I'm so blessed to live in this beautiful nation. Australia is heaven on earth and to be um, able to show these kids, you know, that they can achieve their goals and hopefully that I can, you know, plant a seed of thought in their mind that, you know, they can take their football all the way to the top and represent our beautiful nation, you know. Uh,
0: Incidentally, um, are they they any of them refugees themselves or are they people who've been here for a while?
1: No, there is uh, a couple of refugees in the tent and some of them, are new to football. Some of them, it's their first time playing competitive football, so they're very uh, excited that they've got, you know, their first boots, first shin, shin guards and socks and uniform and with their name on the back. So they are very, very excited, you know, to have this opportunity and can't thank... Uh, Julie Crane enough for organising such a wonderful tournament.
0: It's certainly, and, and I think you're actually co- uh, coaching as well, some um, adults uh, to yes. play?
1: Yes, so basically when I put this team together, um, I spoke with the adults and I said, look, this will be a great opportunity for us to, you know, get to know one uh, one another and support each other whilst having fun and, you know, leading by example and showing The kids, you know, that we can also come together to play this beautiful game because this game doesn't discriminate against age, against any, you know race, ethnicity, you know, it truly is the world game. And then the parents jumped at the opportunity and they said, yes, we'd love this. So they're also excited. Some of them haven't kicked the ball since like 20 years ago or 18 (laughs) years ago. So There's a bit of nerves there as well.
0: Well, look, good luck and uh, uh, I'll look forward to hearing more about it. See you. Thank you very much indeed.
1: Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Sia Karimi um, and um, uh, uh, the Street Football World Cup, if you happen to be in the area, is kicks off at 9am tomorrow at the Meadowbank Sports Field in West Ryde, if you happen to be in the Sydney area. And look, if it's happening in other parts of Australia, do let us know, will you, by text, and we'll absolutely mention that. We, of course, Australia, the the formal team, is in Group D in the... uh, World Cup that starts. I know there's all sorts of mixed feelings about World Cup and they're coming across, you know, the fact that it's in Qatar, I mean. Um, And I think our first game is 6am this coming Wednesday, Australia versus France. Not an easy group, that Group D, if you look at it. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the
1: headlines on the ABC Listen app.